What's up, ACL Nation? I'm already here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. We're going to do episode number 37 of Bagging and Bragging the best that we can. I'm going to make do with this uh, hotel lobby internet. Um, I apologize to Justin Stranger as I've already lost connection once. So we'll see how this goes. Um, so, Mish, before we get into it, you know I'm struggling, but how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, I got a new camera, so you can tell it looks different here. Um, that's because Corey Corn talks about all the time, found me a new camera. Um, but he didn't like adjust the like lighting. So yeah. I have no idea how to do any of this. So that's why I look like a ghost. Uh, or like a gray, half alive human. <laughs> that's what I was saying, like your red is really, really popping. But uh the rest repping the ACL great. hard. Yeah, I actually almost wore that same shirt this weekend, and I said that we got to wear our staff shirts again for uh, was it Friday? I guess or Saturday. So I had to uh, I had to adjust the wardrobe, but yeah, I'm out here. Um, landed at the airport at like seven o'clock. Josh picked me up. Shout out to Josh Keck for giving me a ride, and got all the way here. Checked in the hotel, no problems. Went up to the room and got everything kind of settled. But um, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. We got everybody coming in for the ACL draft this weekend. So, our guest tonight will be Justin Stranger. We're going to talk to him about having the first pick and see if he's gotten any good trade offers. And then after that, I don't know what you guys talked about. I lost connection. So, hopefully, you guys weren't bashing me or nothing behind my back. Well, he did say, like, well, it'd be nice to say bye to Wally, but, you know, he's not here. So, well, I was talking mad trash on him leading up to Spencer McKenzie because he was the only pool, only pro team in our pool. So I was uh, like, uh, I was like, Oh, you, you scared of us, man? Are you really scared of me and Sean Latham? Like it's going to go. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. And so, like, yeah. so he was dishing it back. It's but, a non-issue. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got to remember to move my mouse every 50 seconds. It looks like otherwise I'm going to get kicked off his computer apparently. So. Oh, um, it's got, it's got a time limit. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything going for me right now, but let's get into the bragging segment, Mish. Yeah. I got I got some bragging I want to do. Went to a tournament last Thursday, and uh, I got a package earlier in the day from Daniel Lambert over at Dragonbacks. Shout out to Daniel and Maddie. And it was a couple T-shirts, a couple hats, and then some Power Dragons. So that's their new bag that they came out with. And like, I love the way they feel. They're like really like a flimsy carpet where I can still push on the carpet side. So that's kind of right up my alley. Keeps my airmail. I don't have to flip my bag over for my airmail, you know. So I like that type of material. Did they send it and, broken in? Yeah, he sent me a broken set. Oh, he knows okay. I, don't, I don't have time to break in my bag, so he treated them for me. Sent them in. He said this could be your favorite bag. I said I like the way they feel. Let's see how they fit on the board. So we went to the boards. I signed up. My my buddy there, Bubba, we, Brian Nicholson. You see him in the chat all the time. He's always participating in K ninety and stuff. And I said it's gonna be me and you today, Bubba. We're gonna throw these and we're gonna win. And sure enough, like there's 36 people there. There's like three chips left in the bag. He said, I need you to draw number one. Boop, number one. Me and him got paired up. No way. We threw, we threw the power dragons. We won the whole thing, went undefeated. So it was really, really cool. Called it, nailed it, threw really, really well. He threw awesome. And uh, we took the whole thing down. And then uh, manifesting. Yeah. And then it was kind of funny yesterday, too. We're at a blind draw. And he said, oh, these are just my regular bags. I got uh, my airmail bags out in the car because our airmail pots up to like sixteen hundred bucks. And he, he's the type of guy that comes in with like eight sets of bags. You know what I mean? So he went out to the car, came back in, 
sure enough, hit an airmail shot for 500 bucks. So whatever we got going on right now in the Alton area is working. We're kicking. That, yeah, that's a good night for well for both of you, but especially yeah. for him. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So you, you found a new set of bags you like. That's exciting. Yep. Yeah. I want to brag about the fact that I've got my 2024 Women's Cornhole Retreat in the books. So it is scheduled in Texas. It is going to be like in a glamping type of resort type thing. And mm -hmm. we're already taking reservations so you can book your cabins. And um, the ladies from the last one earlier this March are wanting to all come back. So very excited nice. to do this again with Rosie. So you guys are going to be bigger and better and coming in like a swarm, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's just really fun because getting women together, we work really well in community and um, prefer to learn that way. So it's a great way to come together like better. And then I added on a spa day at the end. So you just do the whole thing. Nice. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. Like, but like you said, uh, last time I think you guys went, Anthony and I were talking, you guys were talking about the uh, dishes being clean and stuff like that. It's not going to happen with us guys, so. Yeah, I mean, this one is man show up and ruin everything. this is different, right? Because this is like that was a house. Like now we're all in our own little cabins. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how that works, but uh, we will figure it out for sure. Like the, the food will be a little, you know. More yeah, well, hopefully there's too many ladies that sign up for it. So that's a whole another good problem that you guys have. I mean, that's it's pretty cool. I think a lot of the ladies would enjoy it. So if they're hesitant to sign up for it don't be scared sign up for it sounds like a blast yeah so rosie's all pumped and if we get enough women we can do like breakout groups based on like levels because you're working on different things at different levels should be good should be good yeah we're getting some feedback now back there what are they they got like playing music over there i guess they're jamming out some guy just came and bought some chips so he's crinkling the back oh hold on <laughs> i gotta extend my session apparently so they're like, uh, yeah. this computer is only for 15-minute use. Get off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it says I've been on it for 5 minutes and 48 seconds. I don't know if I'm timed in the hotel lobby or not, but the Wi-Fi is definitely not cutting it. Um, so uh, one other thing I want to brag about, though, we made the official announcement today, Mish. We talked a few episodes ago about the bar in St. Louis about doing Cornhole Central. So the announcement has been made today. I am sponsoring that main court that we talked about. So canine unit and cornhole central are going to be in full force and i believe we're going to have live feeds up and running probably seven days a week if they got a tournament there there's wow. going to be something to watch so yeah making canine unit the one-stop shop get to watch some uh, local st louis players uh, i know we missed that a lot we used to have that over here at the casino every wednesday night on canine and people look yeah. forward to that weekly uh tournament and then of course you know, lost our venue, so it'll be nice that you're bringing some, some nice uh, portal action every night. Yeah, it, it should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Tommy runs a good tournament, and I, and I like the uh, other owner that's involved with it. We talked to him. I got Melissa from Onboard Apparel drawing up the, the Versa Court that we're going to do, the boards and score towers, and I'm going to have my own little section. So Merc Boards, he's going to put together like a little signage with a QR code, so you you scan the code and take you to my website to buy all the apparel and stuff. So it's going to be a cool setup. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And also just having a cornhole venue. Like, yeah. I, mean, I love that these are popping up. We, we want to do one here. Um, but like how convenient to have somewhere you can play all the time. And it's, 
like a nice venue, you know, like yeah. we just kind of get thrown whatever venues we can get courthole people, but it's nice to have one that's dedicated for us. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about our mock draft. So stay tuned for more right after this. Welcome back. We are going to uh, walk through kind of our mock draft. So we looked at who we thought people would take in these five rounds. So as you may or may not know, the draft, when it's happening, we're only going to televise on the live stream the first five rounds. And then after that, we'll continue, but you won't be watching it. So we wanted to put together what we think might happen in those five rounds. We're going to go team by team, and then we will see if we're right. Now, I will say that when we put these together, some trades happened after. Yeah. I can guarantee you <laughs> so, you're wrong. <laughs> no, no matter if yeah, exactly. trade, I can guarantee you you're wrong. Your draft is not going to be perfect. I did this last year. I went live and I did like a mock draft with the canine viewers and we're like, okay, who should this team take? Who should that team take? And I think I only got probably 16 picks out of all the 250 pros. So like, it is hard. It, it is hard. Um, I know that Noah Beyond tried to do a mock draft for his website that he's got up now, and it's like, he's like, guys, this is harder than I thought. Whenever you, <laughs> you, you have to try and put yourself in the mind of the captain, and then yeah. in your head, you're like, you know, we talked with Justin, in your head, you're thinking regional, you know, regional or bag affiliation or something, and then they just might not be thinking about that at all. Like I know last year, right. Jamie Graham wanted, you know, broadcast experience and broadcast people. You know, people that had experience on the broadcast and other captains were kind of like, I don't know who I was picking. I was just picking somebody. I ran out of time. And so, so, yeah. So but we had some fun with it. A lot of trades kind of threw us off, but let's get into it. Well, let's start off with the Georgia Sliders. Currently on the team, Cameron Belvin, Duncan Clemmer, Bobby Hunt, Terry Mathis, Ryan Smith, and, of course, the captain, Noah Wooten. Um we predicted that their first round pick would be Caden Allen. Uh, second round would be Zachary Engelkin. Third round would be Byron Sisson. Fourth round would be Tony Franco. And fifth round would be Hunter Yecklin. And if that does happen, it's not a bad looking team there. Yeah, I think we should get a giveaway if we get at least one of these teams right for the top five. But uh, Tony Franco is someone that I don't really know too much about, but he is, I saw on that uh, Team Titan video along with Byron Sisson. So, I mean, you could start matching some um, bag plays there. Um, Caden Allen would be the number two overall pick, I believe. The sliders pick second. So, not a, not a bad pick there, picking up Caden Allen. Um, obviously, we released the ACL uh, pro experts, whatever you want to call us, mock drafts for the first round. And as we mentioned, there's already been some trades that kind of shook some things up. But I, I definitely like Caden Allen going early. Rocket. He's got a lot of potential. I think he had a really, really good winning record as far as the California Slingers last year, so he'd be a good pickup there in their second round. Absolutely. Next up, we're going to go with the Colorado Timber, and this is one of those ones that has already – you've seen some change there with the trade. Um, so so you had uh, Frank Maudlin. Frank Maudlin is someone that the Carolina Coasters wanted bad. They wanted him bad enough – that they traded their first round pick and Derek King to get them. So that gives the Timber the fourth and the sixth uh, for the first round. 
So what you're going to see here is they could get Sammy Soto and Jackson Gore potentially at four and six, which is, you know, a really strong start. Then after that, so we'd be in, they would skip their second round pick uh, that would go to the coasters. So third round, Matthew Troxel, fourth round, Dalton McClem, and fifth round, Jerry Lockwood rounding out their team. And then obviously swapping Frank Modlin for Derek King there on the left hand side. Uh, alongside Eric Anderson, Justin Doss, Adam Hisner, Josh Holland, and Captain Yeti Irwan. Yeah, I think one of the strange things for the Timber for me was keeping Justin Doss um, as one of their keepers, but I dove into a little bit more, and he was very, very successful in teams last year. So if I were Yeti, Frank, and Josh, or whoever's making the decision with the keepers, I could definitely see why they decided to keep them. I do like this trade on both sides. I like Frank Modlin getting the team up with Jamie Graham, over on the coaster squad. And I also like how we talked about it. They would have, what'd you say, the fourth and sixth pick, Mish? Yeah, fourth and sixth. Yeah, so the fourth and sixth, it gives them the opportunity to get Soto and Gore right there, um, depending on what happens with that fifth pick. And Frank, I'm sorry, uh, Sammy Soto and Jackson Gore are pro partners this year. So I think it could be an interesting little uh, one two punch there in the first round for the Timber. Absolutely. Next up, the Virginia Cutters, and we're going to hear from uh, their captain, Justin Stranger, after uh, we go through our draft. He, on his team, has Leston Allen, Logan Chamberlain, Michael Dingus, Dakota Salee, and Ryan Wiedenfeld. Uh, has the number one pick overall, which uh, we are predicting is going to go to Jake Gore, uh, giving him a solid start in the second round, Jamie Fincham, third round, Jake Corley fourth round, Elizabeth Tennyson, and fifth round, Eric Sherney, uh, with a good little squad there for the Cutters. Yeah, um, we kind of differed on the first pick, but we ultimately settled on Jacob Gore, understandably why he was just dominant last season. We kept thinking it was a fluke and he was going to fall off. He never did. Jacob Gore stayed strong from the very beginning of the season all the way to the end. I could definitely see him going as the number one pick. The reason I picked Sammy Soto as the number one pick on my mock draft is because Logan Chamberlain was a little loud last year, you know. He kind of developed this alpha, you know, spirit animal inside himself. And I was thinking, okay, if Logan's got first pick, he's definitely going after Sammy Soto. So we'll see if Justin keeps the pick himself or if he gives in to what Logan has to say. But uh, either way, I think it's going to be an interesting first pick. We talked a little bit about trade offers. He's not he's not biting on anything. So sorry. Sorry, uh Everyone who's reaching out for that first pick, it ain't happening. And then we talked to him a little bit, too, about the regency bias. And he said that uh, he doesn't really have a regency bias there. So Elizabeth in the number four spot, I wonder if that happens or not, both from Maryland. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. Next up, the Ohio Aviators, captained by Noah Almanza. Keeper players, Matt Abernathy, Trey Birchfield, Tyler Cobb, Carson Getty, and Fisher Hamilton. Uh, predicting his first round pick will be Jeremiah Ellis. Second round, Isabella Soprenit. Third round, Landon Crabtree. Fourth round, Mike McClanahan. And fifth round, Justin Carpenter. And that would uh, give us your Aviator squad. Yeah, so last year, the Aviators, they were part of this trade during the draft. They got Carson Getty and Gabe Dolan. You see them deciding to keep Carson Getty this year. Um, I know the Aviators are you know, rumor in some of these trade situations of what could happen. Love Jeremiah Ellis staying in Ohio, going to the aviators there. Hopefully that'll happen. A lot of Ohio fans would love it if that's the case. 
um, Isabella Soprenit, obviously the question mark after what happened last season, but all things I hear this year says she'll be back and ready to go. And if I know Bella, she's been throwing on them boards all off season. Oh, I don't doubt it. The Woodchucks, Jimmy Humans, one of the people responsible for trying to do a lot of different trades. <laughs> and we'll talk about it, uh, what he did do in just a second. Uh, his squad consists of Storm Hogue, Michael Lucas Jr., Kyle Malone, Zach Scheibner, and Jacob Trzinski. We had predicted that he would get Alex Hicks in the first round. However, he has traded his first round pick for Gavin Cano. Uh, so that would mean that the Mays would have that spot where we've slotted Alex Hicks. So we'll see if that happens. Second round, we put Frank Verona. Third round, Miranda Coy. For fourth round, Andrew, Andrew Noyes, and fifth round, Robert Sperry. Uh, and very curious to see how that plays out with that early trade. Yeah, I know that uh, Frank Verona and Jimmy Hughes would definitely like to throw with each other in this team's event. Kind of curious to see what they're going to do with Kyle Malone and Jake Krasinski. You know, I mean, those were two strong affiliate, affiliates for Jimmy Humans last year, but now they're pro partners on different teams. I wonder if Jimmy might be trying to pull some last-minute trades to get them with their pro partners and get some more picks here. Absolutely. Next up, the Vegas High Rollers. Tanner Halbert is the captain of this team. He has Kobe Costanza, Cody Henderson, Alan Rawls, Hunter Thorne, and Eric Zockline. First-round pick, we predict, goes to Matt Sorrells. Second-round, Matt Allen. Third-round, Colby Shearer. Fourth-round, Felix Vargas. And fifth-round, Mike Selmeyer. Uh, we know brother of Mike Selmeyer has done, Brandon has done very well in the team's events. So uh, putting the other Selmeyer on there and seeing how he does. Oh, looks like Wally froze on us there. Uh, it's been the struggle bus. Um, so we will uh, keep on rolling with it. Moving on to the Carolina Coasters, uh, the other side of that. Frank Maudlin trade, uh, Jamie Graham alongside Trevor Brooks, Eric Davis, Chad Hunt, Brickley Pear, and was Derek King, traded Derek King to the Timber for Frank Maudlin. He loses that first round pick, so that's why uh, it's going to say Frank Maudlin there. Essentially, he picked him up in the trade. Second round, Ian Cripps. Third round, Sarah Cassidy. Fourth round, Mike Harvey. And fifth round, Blake Karnick. So interested to see how that is going to uh, play out. And then if that is going to be a trade that works in their advantage, giving up two first round picks for Frank Maudlin, does that pay off? We will find out, but we're going to take a quick break and come back with the rest of the teams right after this. Welcome back. We went through uh, the first half of the mock draft. We are going to hop into the next part of this, starting off with the Kentucky Colonels. We've got Matt Guy as the captain here. Players on that team are going to be Damon Dennis, Samantha Finley, Kimberly Glass, Brett Guy, and Justin Rule. Predicting the number one pick will go to Vincent Frisch. And we talked about this. It doesn't seem like a pick the Colonels would go for, but it does seem like the best pick of what's available. So it will be interesting to see if they pick Frisch because he's there and, and, and a great pick, or if they're going to go with someone that maybe more seems like a fit for the Colonels. Uh, second round, Mark Burgess. Uh, he's one that I keep talking about. I, I, I feel like he should go in the first round with his stats. A really strong season. Uh, last season, so we'll see where he falls. Third round, Michael Allen. Fourth round, Kaylee Hunter. 
and fifth round Carter Bennett. Yeah, I honestly think we gotta mess this one up because Carter Bennett is making a huge name for himself in the pro division, and I think he's going way earlier than that. But We'll see how it plays out. I love him going to Kentucky, though. Again, we kind of talked about the regions having a hometown star that they can get excited about. Carter Bennett could be that star for the Kentucky Colonels. Um, Vincent Frisch was somebody I'm surprised wasn't kept. You know, the Timber had a chance to keep him on their squad, and letting him go back to the uh, free agent market was kind of a shock to me. But if it, if it plays out this way, this could be an opportunity to get me on board for the Colonels because last year everybody else was on board. I just wasn't sold. And then mm -hmm. they had, I think, was kind of a letdown season. You know, this could be a bounce back year for them. Yeah, very interesting. Next up is the Texas Bully, bully Baggers. Eddie Grindersleeve is the captain. Players alongside him, Caleb Batson, Cameron Kingfisher, Deborah Odom, A.J. Sims, Dylan Turpin. And so lots of Texas love happening there. So it seems like the obvious uh, first pick is Braden Wilson, if he's still available uh, which is unlikely, but if he is. And then I, I thought, you know, Jaime Sanchez, you know, is an obvious pick for the second round. And if he is still available, a strong pickup, good, actually good stats from last season. Uh, third round, Mike Jaquez. Fourth round, Caleb Franklin. And fifth round, Ernest Menarca. Now, this team is different. This is the one where if Eddie had his chance, he would have 16 players from Texas on this squad. Agreed. He believes fully in everybody from Texas. And quite frankly, everybody on this list is a strong player from Texas. I mean, I think if Jaime is there, you're missing out on Felix Vargas III. We could put him in Mike Jockett's spot maybe. But you, know, mm -hmm. you can never understand Mikey and his airmails. Uh, I like Caleb Franklin there in the fourth round. Obviously, Braden Wilson, strong name, strong offseason, brings a lot to the table. I'll be surprised if he falls down to the Texas bully baggers. But if he's there, they're not going to pass him up. Absolutely not. Arizona Burn, captained by Ty Lopez, playing with Derek Holland, Florentino Mendoza, Jeff Reynolds, Doug Zaft, and Moses Azueta. Another team that I think really does like to um, see if they can get some Arizona uh, players on the team, which is why we thought their first round pick may go to Chris Roybal. Second round, Nick Patuski. Third round, Jay Dotson. Fourth round, Tyler Parent. And fifth round, Ricky G. Um, which would be a pretty good team. We know how well Arizona did last season, uh, almost winning the entire thing. Great synergy. Um, so a really good example of a team that came together in the end. Yeah, I like how they even promoted Ty up to being the team captain this year, um, asking Doug if he wanted it back. And they're like, no, give it to Ty. I think I heard that on one of your guys' shows. Um, I thought that's just a really cool story. And it does go to show how they became a, co a cohesive unit rather than just a team full of pro players last year. And I think that speaks volumes. Uh, Ricky G in the fifth round, if he falls that far, that'd be a huge pickup. Ricky G shined last year in teams. And uh, I think he's just a good player to have on your squad. Michigan Marauders, captained by Joe Neistead. Uh, his keeper players, Mike Ferreira, Trevor Kufis, Chucky Love, Jordan Power, and Jeremy Schirmerhorn. Uh, Jeremy Shermerhorn was a player they got in a trade and get decided to keep him, which makes a lot of sense. First round, Tommy Slyker. Second round, Steve Schrader. Third round, Maya Cup. Fourth round, Curtis Haddix. And fifth round, Tony Mayball. Uh, I do think they're a team that probably would like to stay a lot on their region, but I'm not sure 
uh, how if they're going to pass I, with Joe's, I guess, strategy. I'm not sure if he'll pass up best available to go regional. Yeah, I kind of talked to him about it when I was out there at that tournament that Kimberly Glass ran, and it didn't really sound like he was trying to stay regional, but he does have a lot of Michigan pride. Um, obviously, Jordan Power moving to the East Coast, a little bit of hit as far as that goes, but strong player. That's his pro partner this year. Jeremy Shermerhorn teaming up with Anthony Mayball, so that fifth-round pick right there makes a lot of sense. And last year, their strategy was to have pro teams paired up together. It didn't work out as well as they thought it would have. So let's see if they decide to keep that same strategy this year. Yep. Chicago Land Spinner is captained by Mark Richards. Players on his team, Timmy Jonas, Jordan Kimbrell, Philip Lopez Jr., Nico Morales, and Tyler Poitras. Giving the first round pick to Pat Sem, a rookie, two, Jeremiah Hector, three, Josh Glover, four, Jason Frady, and five, P.J. Knott. Now, I know you got something to say about P.J. Knott. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like these picks that you got here. They're kind of a whole bunch of OGs in there that really don't get the respect that they deserve. I think, you know, Pat and Jeremiah, Josh Glover, and P.J. Knott, and Jason Freddy, I think they're all strong players that really haven't had their chance to shine. Um, P.J. has a nice approach to the boards and whenever he's playing the games. I hope that we get to see a little bit of that this year. Um Tyler Poitras teaming up with Nico Morales makes sense to keep them together. So we kind of curious to see how they go with their, their picks this year. Callie Slingers, Tony Smith, keeping Corey Gilbert, Travis Purser, Alec Ryan, Nick Williams, and Peter Zazueta Jr. Their first round pick predicted is Justin Duke, followed up in second round by Rosie Streaker, who was on the team last season. Number three at Michael Nunez, who's a local player here in Cali, strong PPR guy. Number four in Dean Norton, which is Corey Gilbert's committed pro partner. And number five, Andrew Labrador, which is Nick Williams' uh, pro partner. Yeah, I think one thing that absolutely has to happen here with the California Slingers, though, is Tony has to make a trade. Um, they got to get somebody to throw with Alec Ryan because Alec and Tony just did not work last year. They can't throw together. We we, can't we throw have together. To, they have decided. Yeah, we got to find somebody to throw with those guys. But yeah, I, I I like Justin Duke. I got a lot of a lot of grief from Justin for not putting him in my first round draft pick. So here you go, Justin. You're in the first round now. Thanks to Mish kind of putting you there. Love what Rosie did. She's on a Blue Bear team again, according to us. Blue Bears. And uh, staying staying Cali strong there near the end. The Missouri Mays are going to uh, be captained there by Ryan Windsor. They are the ones that got that first, or, or who did they get? Gavin Cano. That's what it was. No, gave away Gavin Cano. Yeah, gave away Gavin. I got lost. That's what, gave away Gavin. Uh, so they will uh, have two first round picks. Uh, they have Steven Bernasset, Isidro Herrera, Jalen Jones, and Ethan Walker. Um, so we didn't have time to redo this uh, based on the fact that they're going to have those two first round picks. We had them taking Ryan Trader, um, but I, I, I guess we'd have to look at who the Woodchucks would have gotten in that first round, and that would be the swap. I believe um, it's kind of interesting how we did this because I believe that pick is Alex Hicks. So Alex Hicks, Ryan that's right, it was Alex Hicks. Ryan Wind, Ryan Trader, and Alex Hicks partners this season, so that could be interesting. Okay, so yeah, that thank you for reminding me. So that's what happened. Uh, second round pick, Brady Foster. Third round, Matthew Stout. Fourth round, 
Dan Glokowski and fifth round Ryan Tucker. So if they do grab Alex Hicks at that spot where the New England Woodchucks were, then yes, you would have Ryan Trader and Alex Hicks in the first round for the Missouri Mays. Uh, pretty strong, pretty strong little squad. All right. Pennsylvania Ringers, the former champs. Devin Harbaugh, the captain there. His player, his keeper players were Justin Burton Jr., Tubby Cobb, Matthew Creek Killer, Trey Hunt, and Gage Landis. Predicting their first round pick will go to Steve DeRicke, second round Mike Hoffman, third round Connie Altice, fourth round Devin Wolf, and fifth round Damon Reynolds. Yeah, I think it was kind of unfortunate with uh, Jake Dorman stepping away, trying to find somebody to fill in that spot. They elected to go with Trey Hunt. I'm um, kind of shocked that that Connie Altice wasn't one of the keepers, but then looking at their keepers that they got, I mean, there's just no room there. So if they are able to get her back on the squad, I love that for her. Um, don't really know too much about Devin Wolf and hearing great things. Looking forward to seeing him actually on the boards this year. You know my thoughts on Steve DeRicke and Mike Hoffman last year. Uh, Damon Reynolds, a player out of the Midwest, though, that if you guys don't know who he is, I think he's going to get on your guys' radar this year. Strong player. Last up. We've got the Florida Freeze, captained by Alex Rawls, with players Cheyenne Bubenheim, Jeremy Frazier, Ryan Hart, Chris Kingsbury, and Blaine Rozier, predicting their first-round pick to go to Austin Cameron, second-round Austin Slobom, third-round Nate Voyer, fourth-round Gina Ramirez, and fifth-round Brandon Selmeyer to round out the Freeze. You know this is my squad, Mish. You know I've been this a Freeze guy from day one. Yeah absolutely love what they did with their keepers here. They are coming back very, very strong, which is why they have the last pick. And if they can go out there and get my boy in the first round, Austin Cameron, I will be ecstatic. Hoping it happens. Absolutely. All right. We got a, a couple minutes left here, Wally. If you want to add in anything about what you think about trades or anything to round out our mock draft. Yeah, so um, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, it's already happened. Um, so I was thinking that the Missouri Mays should try and trade up in the draft. I was thinking maybe have the the uh, Mays trade to the Aviators to get that early third round pick or third pick overall and get Gavin Connell paired up with Fisher Hamilton. So my theme is going to be kind of based along the lines of these new partner swaps and who we want to see. Obviously, Frank Modlin getting traded, teaming up with Jamie Graham. Some other names that I kind of talked about, Jake Krasinski, and we know Jimmy Humans likes to make some trades. Tanner Halbert, I'm wondering if he's going to try and make a move at, on draft day to go get Jake Krasinski and maybe give up his first round so that way he can play with his pro partner. Um, I think in my projections, I did my mock draft, and I think I had uh, Jordan Camber in the second round and getting picked by Tanner Halbert, so that would team up Zockline and Tanner. So right there, two strong players if they're able to pull that off. Um, another team that I was thinking could make a splash along the same lines, again, Jimmy Human's involved in it, and that's Kyle Malone at the Ringers. I think that um, Devin Harbaugh has some strong keepers there, and if Jimmy Human's is able to go out there and get one of those keepers for Jake Krasinski and then maybe swap like a first round in the second round or a third round or something like that, the Woodchucks could end up coming out swinging. Now, obviously, we saw they've already made some trades. They've already put some things in motion, so – we started recording this like what about 40 minutes ago. Who knows? There could be three or Who four knows more what trades. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about um, all these trades in the or all these partner swaps in the offseason, maybe trying to pair up their partners? 
Yeah, actually, uh, I'm going to table that because it's part of my game question. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our game and we'll get more into that. Welcome back. We are going to have our interview here with Justin Stranger, the uh, captain of the Cutters. So uh, welcome, Justin, to the show. Thanks for having me. What's up, buddy? Yeah, of course. What's it... uh, what was it like last season, and, and what do you think is going to be uh, different this season as a team captain? Last season, I guess, for the Cutters was kind of a struggle from the beginning. I wasn't even supposed to be the main captain, but uh, our main captain had some issues and never made it to any of the pro events, so I was kind of like a fill-in, which made it difficult for the team as we had two starting captains compared to most of our teams stacked three, like having Richards and Lopez on the same team and me and Leston as, like, fill-ins for James. Uh, hoping this year, since everybody gets reset with just six players from the start, it should even it back out and negate the fact that we only had two captains last year. I can't remember back to last year. Were you at the draft, running the draft? I was. I was actually, with James not being there and Leston also didn't make it down to the Open, I was the only one there for that. Okay, so do you feel so like you've you got some experience from last year that maybe you can carry over to this year? I was going to say, you have to take on that role. Yeah, I didn't really have much of a choice, but, I mean, I feel like looking at the pro division, I, I tend to know most of the people, what bags they throw, how it goes. And, I mean, I, last year after my first two picks, I had a lot of help from Wiedenfeld and Chamberlain, and I know they'll be there again as well as some of our other team members. So I'm hoping to have some better input this year. What do you think about – you know, just going with whatever's best available on the board versus going for doubles partners versus regionality. Like, where's your head at in terms of how you make these picks? I, I don't think regionality really plays a main part of it. I mean, obviously, the team names are named after different areas, but I mean, you can't just go regionally. Some areas are stacked, and by the time everybody else drafts, somebody else is drafting that way. So you're, you're not going to have the picks that you want from your region anyway. Doubles partners versus best available is a little bit of a harder topic. I feel like in Cornhole, there's always the person on the team that everybody else is going to judge as better than the other, no matter what actually happens in that game. So it depends on the doubles partners you're looking at, but you also can't draft 16 players where none of them at all agree or have any sort of synergy. So you gotta you got to try and balance it between people that are going to work well together while also being that caliber of player that you need. Now, how far into it are you looking? Like, I know there were some captains last year that had spreadsheets that showed if the player was strong with their arm on the outside of the board or, you know, if they were a better doubles partner or a DPR player or carpet or whatever. How far are you going into it, though, compared to other captains? Uh, definitely not that deep. I mean, inside-outside hand is one of those things where you're a pro. Figure it out. I mean, it's, it's a difference, but it's not. It, it should not make that much of a difference in your game. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I, I already said I, I know what people like to throw, what kind of style they can throw. So mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of just – I have, like, my first, like, two or three rounds, like, people that I'm looking at. But other than that, you get a long enough break in between the 16 – it's more than 16 picks in in between, or about 16 that you get. So I've got – we've got a while in between the, the rounds to figure out who you want next and mark off who gets picked as it goes and keep at it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that you do kind of want to blend. Like we saw with 
the burn, how well the synergy worked for that team. They didn't necessarily have the top ranked players all together in the team, but they had that, that synergy and almost won the whole thing. So I think that they kind of laid the foundation of how successful that can be. Um, so, so I think that's kind of a cool test of that. Um, the draft can be pretty stressful though. It moves pretty quickly. So um, how, how are you kind of preparing? Like, are you going to have like a laptop spreadsheets, zoom sessions? Like, what do you think your prep is going to be like and, and what you'll have there at the table? I mean, we've already, uh, we like have spreadsheets with the full available roster and, you know, just kind of glancing through it, looking at, do I kind of want this person? Would I want this person? Or are they a high pick? Are they a low pick? Like where you would want to get different people. So I'll probably just have the spreadsheet or the roster with us and cross names off as we go. Uh, Zoom meetings, I'm hoping shouldn't be that necessary. I'm pretty sure all of my remaining players will be there at the draft or don't have that much input if they're not going. So shouldn't be a big worry on that. Now, with you having the number one pick, have you been offered any type of trades or anything for that number one pick? Or like 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 seventy five times, like it's unbelievable. That's all people do is come <laughs> after me. And now that some of the other captains know who I'm leaning towards on my first pick anyway, so they're trying to trade me for that person. Other people want my pick. Other people just want random things. Jimmy Humans is always harassing me, wanting something relentless. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, and he's yeah. like, you know, he's not, he's not going to make a dumb trade. He, he's going to think he's winning in whatever trade he's going to offer me. And he, you know, wants people that I, I personally like, and I think are better than how they performed last year. And I want to keep them anyway. I think with a clean slate with having just six players and not missing the captain. And we have two very good picks, the first pick and the third pick in the second round. I think I, I think we've got a good shot this year. How much will that rookie showcase play into the decisions that you make? You mentioned that you are familiar with a lot of the players. So is that going to weigh uh, or, or skew you in a, in a direction? I think a lot of the rookie class, at least now that the U18 players can be drafted, they're, they're going to be gone before. I might get two picks of, of those people. I mean, a lot of those real high talent are going to be taken already. There's minimal new pros that are like low end picks. I mean, you've got a few that maybe one easier conference qualifiers than other, but those people are likely already going to go to like their local people that know them as like a sleeper pick or have some synergy with them. So I don't think it'll be a big deal for us. I know most of the new pros anyway, so we'll see. Nope. <laughs> Wally's struggling. So, so yeah. Wally is actually at, Rock Hill already, uh, as we're recording this at the Cambria, so uh, dealing with some internet Wi-Fi issues, but that's okay. We will roll with it. At least you're here. It's going to be interesting when you're not here and it's just me and him <laughs> popping on and off. But um, no, I think that that um, you're so young to take on this role. You know, this is a, a leadership type of role. Does that uh, kind of pressure weigh on you at all? I mean, not overly. I mean. We, we have responsibilities that have to get done. And some of my uh, the younger picks from last year, some of them are always on me. Like, you're not doing enough as captain. But it's like the sort of thing where, like, I didn't tell him that he had to be there at 9 o'clock, like, the next morning. But I'm like, come on, man, you're a pro. I, I'm 18, 19 now. I mean, I know when I have to be places. Like, it's all posted there for us. I mean, you got you to gotta do something for yourself. I mean, I, I guess this year I'll give them all the reminder because apparently some of them couldn't keep track of it for themselves. But it's it's not that big of a deal it's it's kind of fun I, I like being the captain it 
it's better marketability anyway. That's a very good point that I think probably most pros don't realize, but yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I said, I think two or three of the captains like opted to not take it this year and let one of their other players do it. And I just, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see the benefit in doing that because it really wasn't all that much work for me to do. I mean, if you have the draft and then you show up and you, you set the lineups, which it really took like 30 seconds in event. Like it, it wasn't a big deal. So not taking that opportunity just to not have to deal with that little bit of stuff is, I don't know. I didn't think that was worth it. I have a feeling it might have a lot to do with being a leader. Like that, that's a, that's a role, right? Like not the actual logistical stuff you have to do, but you are the leader of the team. And some people might not want that energetic role, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, that's one of, the, one of the reasons I, I drafted a lot of people that I, I was also kind of close with. Like, I mean, I'm friends with Wiedenfeld and Chamberlain, and then I had some of my local Virginia people, all which had input or would just mess around. Like, they, it, it was a good, it was a good mix on our team. I feel like, regardless of how we did with our captains and other issues, that we we had fun as a team. Good. That's that's obviously what's going to uh, matter the most, and. Um, hopefully this season you get a lot more stability <laughs> with yeah, your team. Sure. <laughs> and um, I have no doubt that you will thrive. So uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. But uh, that's about all we have time for, Justin. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend at the draft. Thank you guys for the invite again. I mean, I'd say bye to Wally, but he can't seem to figure his way in here. <laughs> no, I guess I'll see you guys bye, this weekend. See you, Wally. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Justin. Thanks. All right, it's time for the game, Wally. Uh, starting off with our top floor bagger and four bagger. Let's go with our top four bagger to, to begin. What do you got? Uh, I don't know if you said floor or four. The, the speaker on this lobby computer is absolutely terrible. Uh, but <laughs> my top four bagger is going to be, I think you, I, I'm stealing this from you from a few weeks ago, it's uh, charity events. Um, so we had a fundraiser tournament for my buddy who passed away. I don't know if I told you when it happened or not, but it's a sad, sad story. He died in a motorcycle accident. Later on that night, his brother passed away in his sleep as well. So the family was shook. So absolutely heartbreaking. In the Cornhole community, we've done multiple tournaments and fundraisers. We got together this weekend. We all had a lot of fun. We ran a tournament. We had basically switch holio in the morning into a blind draw and then some cash games and stuff like that on the side. And a lot of players, non-players, a lot of friends showed up. We had a good time out there. Um, at our local news. So definitely love the Cornhole community coming together and, you know, raising money for good causes. I love that. Yours is so like, um, like sweet. And mine's the Titan video. <laughs> I love the Titan video. Yeah. And what were you going to say? I cut you off. As of that Titan video had me off guard. Like I was, I saw the intro or I saw it coming up and I was like, okay, last year they had like all these, you know, bad cars and like strong poses and stuff like that. So if you, if you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. All right. Floor bagger. What you got? Uh, well, <laughs> floor bagger right now for me is hotel internet. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I'm having a good time with this uh, hotel internet and in the lobby. And it turns out there's like a, a timer on the screen. So I got three minutes left. I'm going to have to extend that and see if I can um, 
maybe keep this going or I don't know, I might get cut off again, but yeah, hotel internet, not vibing with me right now, but I'll go back to my original floor bagger. I'm actually kind of bummed about these trades. Like I like the trades that are happening, but I wish that we would save them for the draft. If we would save them oh, for the draft, it would make the draft that much more exciting. The fact that they're happening a little bit before the draft is kind of wah, wah. Now we just talk about it, you know, rather than it actually happening live. I hear you. So mine is that uh, Cody Henderson and Adam Hisner broke up. <laughs> I just feel like that's the team that was ne never going to break up, and I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision. It just feels like something's wrong with the cornhole world. Yeah, at first glance, when I looked at it, I was like, Hister and Birchfield, what? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're close. Ohio, they play together quite a bit. And that, it makes sense. Um, and big signing for Titan, by the way, going out and getting Birchfield. It's kind of sad to see him leave. But, I mean, I think the whole offseason has been this way. Though. Everything's been shook up. Our expectations are way off. And players and teams and bag sponsors are going to do what they want to do. No doubt. <laughs> All right, send it or board it. You got to send it or board it for me? Um, I do. Let me see what I put. Uh, okay, so I got a message in the car on the way here. Josh Gag, shout out to him, by the way. Give me a ride from the airport. And uh, one of our local players like, hey, congratulations on sponsoring the bar this year. Um, I'm going to be throwing there pretty much every day of the week. And I'm, gonna, I'm going all in this season. I'm going to make it serious. So he said, if you sponsor me this season, I will get a tattoo of your logo on my arm. So, Mish, is there ever a situation where you ascend it and get a tattoo on your arm? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, have, I have, like, a few tattoos. I don't have, like, if I had, like, a sleeve, it's like, whatever, throw one in. But no. Yeah. Ah. I mean. I'm boarding it. I'm not even getting my own logo tattooed on my arm. Yeah, boarding <laughs> it all day. <laughs> um, okay, mine is um, um, so for the trade that they did for Maudlin, I want to know if you would send it if you were the coasters. So you trade your first round pick and Derek King for Frank Maudlin. Send it or board it. At first glance, I did not like it. And then I saw what the timber could do. We talked about maybe getting Gore and Soto. So I love the timber part of it. And on the other hand, now I have to think, okay, is the first round pick better than Frank Modlin? That's a tough question because Frank Modlin always has good runs in tournaments. He's a strong, strong player. And a chance for you to be a team captain, go out there and get your partner. Not only does it show that you want him on your squad and you have faith in him, I think it's going to help their actual pro partnership as well. It's like, dude, we're all in. We want each other for every single thing that we do this year. So second glance, I like it. All right. So you're sending it. Yeah, I'm sending it. Uh, I'm boarding it just because I don't want to give the Timber two first-round picks like that. I, I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Fourth and six? Yeah. I mean, it's so early on. I, yeah, I, I like so. It's not, not it's not necessarily about Frank Maudlin. It's more about setting up that team so well with the fourth and the sixth pick. Would you rather? All right. Would you rather jump in a pool filled with tacks and nails, or do another live feed on hotel internet? <laughs> That's a close one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, how many tacks or nails? Is it just like shallow end? I mean. <laughs> the whole thing. I think I'm jumping in, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine's a little more simple, and it's just what we were saying earlier. So would you rather draft partners or best available? So you have your list in front of you. Do you want to try to find partners to put together, or do you want just whoever is best available? The more and more I think about it, I'm going partners for this. I, I like the chemistry building. Um, the few mock drafts I did, I noticed that whenever I was doing them, I wasn't planning on it, but I had a lot of partner on partners going into it. And, and again, I kind of want to use teams and the pro season together rather than a separate thing. So I, I like partner, partner. So I, I like best available because I'm probably naive because I think that if I'm like the captain, that I can create like the team synergy and energy just because I think I can create it, which isn't probably necessarily true, but that would be my thought process. Like I don't need to get partners. I will create a team chemistry um, by, you know, leading. No, team. Like Who knows if that's year. right. I feel like this year it's serious. It's time to get serious. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're probably right. Well, Wally, we made it to the end. It was, it, it's been a struggle. I think we've, uh, you know, we, it's like we hiked up six mountains, you know, 25 switchbacks. We lost some gear on the way. We had to start a fire, but there wasn't any wood. I mean, it has been, it's been a trek, but we made it. So that's all we got time for everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys if you're going to be here uh, in Rock Hill. Otherwise, I will see you next week.